Mind Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Diodato, and with me I have my wife and sound engineer, Joy Masters. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, as this is episode one, uh, I should probably introduce what the idea behind this podcast is. Uh, and as the title would indicate, it is about going blind and how it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, in 2008, was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. Henceforth to be known as RP, because who likes saying retinitis pigmentosa over and over and over again? No one. Nope. So, uh, yeah, 2008, I was diagnosed with RP. Uh, at that point, it had progressed a little bit. So, uh, you know, but I will get into that. Uh, because in order to really get into the reason behind this podcast, uh, I think it's good to start out with, you know, my story. I, I think you'll understand why I'm doing it. Uh, as I go sort of through it. And by the end, if you indulge me, uh, I think we'll we'll go somewhere. We'll go on a little <laughs> journey. It'll be a good time. I'm already uh, excited. Oh, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, yes, 2008. Uh, that was the year I played hockey. Uh, for the first time in many, many years. As a young lad, I had played hockey all the time. Uh, and I'd stopped and a, a friend of mine was like, hey, I'm on a league. You should join. And I was like, great. I was really good back in the day. Or I was really good in my own mind back in the day. Uh, and then, uh, so I, I joined the league. It was a bunch of comedians. By it was, yeah, it was a bunch of comedians. So I was like, I could, you know, clean a house with a bunch of comedians. Yeah, totally. You know, comedians are not physically fit in any way. No, they're way. not known for their, no. their athletic proneness, if you will. Uh, so, the, so the season started, and I was awful. Uh, and it, <laughs> uh, oh my God, it messed with my head. Uh, I was like, I, I've never been this awful at hockey. I don't know what's going on. Uh and it was the first time I was like, there must be a medical reason for this. <laughs> That's the only way I could be this bad at hockey, uh, which is not true. There are many reasons I could be that bad at hockey. Uh, but as it turns out, there yes, there was a medical reason. Uh, so uh, I went, uh, after a couple of different appointments, I went eventually to a, a retina specialist uh, who gave me my first visual field test, uh, which was, I'm going to go ahead and call it depressing. Uh, but I didn't really understand it the first time because basically uh, the one that I had was the one where you, you basically put your head in a little round dome thing uh, and they flash lights and you hit a button when the light goes off. Uh, but uh, I knew I was kind of in trouble when I was like three minutes into the test and I had not pushed the button yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, are we, are we started? She's like, oh, yeah, no, we, we, we started a little while ago. And I was like, OK, well. You know, whenever it wants to flash. Uh, so I took the test. Uh, the The guy printed out the results, brought it to the doctor, uh, who proceeded to yell at him and say, oh. you must have done that wrong. Right. Do the test again. Uh, and he did, and he got the same results. And I was like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> if the results are correct in seeming like the computer is broken, <laughs> that can't be good for our hero. So... Uh, <laughs> So you yeah. being the hero. Yeah, I'm being. The, of course, I'm the hero. Yeah, no, I'm just checking. Okay, yeah, just yeah, no, I'm the hero. You're reconfirming. I hope. Yes, you're my hero. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, um, so he sent me to another doctor to do final tests uh, because I needed something. Uh, I forget the exact title of it. It was a uh, an electro whatever blah 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 thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, if you're out there listening and you have RP or something similar, you've probably taken the test as well. Uh, for those who haven't, basically the way it was explained to me uh, was that they put elect like electrodes on your like you know suction cup things on your eyeballs. Think clockwork orange. Yeah, uh, 
and then they flash lights in your eye, uh, and uh, basically your eye is supposed to be like you know those like potato clocks where they, they where they power a clock with a potato. Yeah. Uh, basically, your eyes are little potatoes, <laughs> and however much electricity they give off, that's how good your eyes are. Okay. Uh, so uh, yes, so I went to to Doctor Noble, uh, and I won't usually reference people by name. Uh, I'm only referencing Dr. Noble because he has since retired. Um, and the reason is because he was 105 years old. <laughs> he was the oldest man I've ever seen with my eyes. And that's saying person. something, really. Yes, he was super old. Uh, I don't know if anybody out there has seen uh, that Tim Conway bit <laughs> yeah. where, uh, you know, where he plays a doctor who's like, you know, 100 and he, he's moving super slow. This guy... Um, was was like a beat up from him. He was like that much slower than the character who was making fun of slow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he was hysterical. Um, yeah. He kept dropping things and he kept like, he, he did all these tests and he was explaining the, the test in a way like I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be like, well, you see, when we got to this part of the test, your eye only gave back electric like three watts of energy blah 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 and it's like oh okay i i feel like that's a lot i feel like my three watts out of my eyes is amazing uh but it wasn't uh i mean i don't i don't think it was watts i don't think my eyes are flashlights but whatever whatever it was uh, i just picture lightning bolts going out of your eyes that'd be great great. yes i would at least like that superpower of that uh so yeah so uh he you know, we go there and he's explaining the test. And also throughout the process, like after the electro whatever, uh, he's doing the, like the eye exam. But he's so slow and he's so old. And my wife is there with me and she is cracking up the whole damn time. I couldn't help it. She so. is laughing so hard. And I am trying not to because he's like three inches from my face. Because <laughs> honestly, he didn't have all the latest equipment when it came to that room. He had the electro whatever thing, which there are only like four of in New York. But he otherwise, he had, you know, yeah. uh, basically he was working with pencils. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she's cracking up. Uh, I'm trying not to because he's practically touching my face. Uh, you know, and after all that, he goes to give us the uh, the results, which again is taking... 45 minutes well he kept dropping the papers yeah he kept dropping the papers uh so eventually like i don't want to say anything because i already know that this isn't playing out super well uh you know but i still haven't been diagnosed with anything and uh so my wife finally is just like look does he have rp he's like oh oh yeah no he definitely has it like we should have known like yeah. Any any idiot right. would have known by what he was telling us that you had this. Yeah, because I because I should have known that four watts was not a good <laughs> amount of wattage for my eyeball. So, uh, so finally he, uh, you know, he goes on for another like ten minutes about other crap. So, uh, my wife is then like, okay, well, when will he be like legally blind? And he's like, oh no no he's he's legally blind now. Uh, Again, in a way that indicated that, like... We should have y- known. We, sh- we totally should have known that. Uh, and then probably we asked the one question that we shouldn't have uh, in retrospect was, how long will I still be able to see? Hmm. Uh, and he, he admittedly in his own part was reluctant to answer that question. Uh, but he threw out 
55. 52. 52? No, first he asked you how old you were. Okay. And you said 32. He goes, okay, 52. Okay. I had, it, was, it seemed very arbitrary. You I just based it on your age. I had remembered it at 55. Um, I'm sorry. So, whatever. Um, you know, and uh, and that number sort of would later on go to make my life a little bit harder. Uh, so, anyway, so we walked out of that room that day. And I remember calling everyone I knew uh, and laughing about the fact that I was legally blind. Because who's legally blind? Well, Nobody. I, I think it helps that Tim Conway told you you were legally yeah, blind. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I, I will, you will never on this podcast hear me talk about God. Uh, because I'm not a religious person at all. Uh, but there was that sense of like, if there is a God, I think he helped me out that day <laughs> by sending Tim Conway to give me the results of that story. <laughs> because if it had been a really somber person, it would have hit that much harder. But because the guy was so ridiculous and just such a, con- like a character out of SNL, you know, or the Carol Burnett show specifically, uh, it really... Like, it made it easier for that 48 hours uh, after the thing. And yeah, like I said, I called all my friends and I was like, you want to hear something crazy? I'm legally blind. Uh, And, you know, people just sort of like, oh, wow. You know, they didn't really know how to react. And and I was just going with humor at the time, you know. Uh, And for that first 48 hours, it was funny. And then reality kind of set in you know uh and then like the thing that i i discovered about it was you can't let it all in at once you know if you think about it if you're a person who's grown up your entire life being able to see uh and then suddenly be being told that at some point you won't be able to you know and it's only going to get worse and there's nothing they can do about it uh you can't let it all in at once you know so you have to just open the door crack, accept a certain amount of stuff, and then close it real quick. Uh, and in the beginning, any crack is too big, you know? Uh, you get more used to it as time goes on. But in the beginning, it was rough, man. I know, and I, and I apologize because I was... I don't know if I would have handled this differently if it was me instead of you, but um, coming from my side of it, I wanted to let it all in and like, let's deal with this. Let's get the genetic testing. Let's do all the stuff that we can do. Let's get that vitamin A right away. Come on, come on, come on. You know, and I wanted to just attack it. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, because that, that was part of it. That was definitely a huge part of it. It was that like, you know, um, that you, want, you wanted to deny it as long as you could, you know. Um, and each step of the way, I, I've probably done that. Uh, in that I knew that things were going to be inevitable. But the sooner I let them in, the sooner the next step was going to come. And I just didn't feel like I was that person at that time. You know, I didn't want to be that person at that time. So I I fought it. And it was hard for me. And I knew it was hard for you. You know, uh, I remember one of the things you had said to me was that you had, that you were feeling really guilty because you were thinking to yourself, I'm just glad it's not me. You know, and uh, I know you felt horrible. I did. And I, I wasn't mad about it at all because I got it. You know, I wish it wasn't me. I, I didn't wish it was you. And I know I, you weren't wishing that it was me. I'm sure you were wishing that it was nobody. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, but it was then also I realized that like, it, it's a weird thing because when it's something like that, you, you know, you know that everybody around you is going through it also, not just you, but you don't want, at least for me, I didn't really super want to care what everybody else was going through. You were you entitled know. though. I mean, this was happening to you. Right. Yes, it's affecting your friends, your family, but it's happening to you. You're the one that has to deal with it every day. You're the yeah. one that has to try really hard to see exactly where you're going and not run into people or things. So yeah. it's totally understandable. And and it was that that feeling of it, it, it was happening to me uh, that is part of what, you know, part of the reason this podcast exists now in that even though I had a good support structure and I did, you know, and I do, uh, my parents stepped up real big and said, whatever you need, we'll take care of, uh, you know, my wife, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, my wife's parents, uh, everybody has been really super supportive and said, whatever you need, I will help you with. Uh, but they still couldn't relate, you know, uh, no matter, no matter what I was, I was in, I was going through it alone. At least that's how I felt, you know, and we, so then once a little bit of time had passed and once, you know, my support structure kind of forced me into it, uh, <laughs> Sorry. you know, we went, we started by going to a couple of different seminars and stuff like that. And, uh, that didn't help at all. You know, like you got some history about the whole thing, uh, and you knew what sort of research they were doing, but for me, at the time, I was 32, you know, or 33, whenever I was going. And and nobody else was, I guess is the best way to explain it, you know. Everybody else there was, like, in their 70s or 80s. And you saw all these people who were, you know, uh, it was almost everybody there was there for macular degeneration purposes instead of, RP and I remember we were cracking up at at the uh, at one of them because <laughs> uh, the guy gone through all this research about everything and you know like oh well we're working on gene therapy or whatever and then this lady just stands up and goes my mom can't see can she have an operation so she can see better and we we're just like what like if you a have you not been paying attention and b do you think do you think any of us would be here if that was an option. Do you think that, like, if there was an operation to cure all these people, that we're just holding out on it because, you know, like, we spent the money on a vacation to the Caribbean instead? Right. Uh, you know, and I was just like, wow, the, these, like, everybody's got their little struggles and stuff like that, but I don't feel like I can relate to these people, you know? Uh, so after the seminars, uh, I also went to, like, other doctors and stuff like that because I thought I'd, I'd sort of reach out. And... That was also frustrating because, at least with RP, I don't know about the other things, so few people know what they're talking about. You know, there's so few experts when it comes to it. And I remember, you know, watching people print stuff out from the internet. Uh, I remember this is a doctor printing stuff out for you from the internet. Right. I just want to make that clear because he is a retina specialist that we went to go see. Right. And, and he's essentially printing out stuff from WebMD. Yeah. It's stuff that you found on your own. Right. Uh... And I remember there was one doctor who I had gone to, uh, or one person who was trying, you know, to help me, uh, who I'd gone to, and uh, they wanted, they wrote something down to give to me, uh, and they wrote it in this giant type, uh, 
like humorously large type not you know like you know like black sharpie marker two lines thick uh type and i couldn't help but be like earlier in the conversation i explained to you what my situation is you know i explained to you what rp is i can see fine in the middle you giving it to me in bigger type makes it harder for me to read you know and this is your job you should even if it wasn't your job you should know what my problem is because i'm coming to you you're part of a group that helps people like me also they said that they had helped people just like you before with rp so she should have known the difference between that and macular degeneration right uh and that hurt because i was like even the experts even those people out there don't you know know what's going on uh so i was like okay i'll reach out to the web because that's where all the answers are today (laughs) uh and i was like there's got to be you know a blog or a podcast or whatever Uh, And there may be, and the problem is I just, I haven't been able to find it. Because I looked at all the podcasts that came up under the word blind that weren't, you know, about punk bands or whatever. Uh, And they were all about equipment. You know, they were all about, oh, you can get this cane and it'll help you in this situation. Or you can get this watch and it'll help you tell time. Or you can, you know, download this audio book and it'll whatever. Uh, And all of the podcasts that I could find would a most of them ended in 2007 for some reason I don't fully understand but anyway any of the ones that I could find were about the mechanics of being blind and going blind and usually if you'd already gotten to that point uh, and none of them dealt with the emotion behind it the reality behind it you know none of them at least to me spoke to somebody who was just dealing with it from the level of like a person you know i don't uh, at least i don't now and i haven't then needed to really be explained about how to use a cane or how to use all the other stuff and if i need that some there's somebody out there to you know teach it to me that's why there is foundation finding blindness the lighthouse all of those groups they're there to you know to make sure that you're trained but it seemed to me that there wasn't anybody out there to go hey this sucks and i know and here's what i went through you know here's how i got through this other thing uh and maybe the way they got through it is they screamed for a while (laughs) you know or maybe they punched things or maybe they hid in their house or their apartment you know maybe they drank whatever the thing is uh but there's nothing that prepares you for that you know there's nothing there's nobody to reach out to for that and i was like well maybe i should do a podcast about it because you know at least if i could share my experience my day-to-day what you know what helped me get through things or what i needed help getting through then somebody out there who was going through it for the first time could listen to it and go okay yeah that's exactly how i felt you know uh and I don't know that I did a bunch of that in this first episode because I was just trying to give a little bit of history. Uh, but but that, I mean, that's what this is going to be. It's not going to be, you know, learn how to walk around a bar at night or whatever uh, with this special technique that they can, you know, that I can teach you. Uh, and it's not going to be about, hey, there was research into stem cells and here's the news about that. Because there are places you can find it. You know, there are plenty of places out there 
Uh, and I'm sure if you're a person like me who is slowly losing their vision and you have family members, they're going to forward you those things. Uh, and, you know, uh, at least for me, a lot of times uh, that doesn't make it better. You know, I appreciate them reaching out. But, you know, I know what's going on, you know, and I know how far along the research is. And everybody's like, oh, you know, I, one of the things that I get a lot is, well, maybe it could stop the progression of loss, you know, uh, and that would be good, wouldn't it? And it's like, no, you wouldn't. That's not, you know, I mean, yes, you know, ultimately it would be, I'd appreciate it. It'd be better. It'd be better, but that's not what I want. You know, I want to be able to see like I used to be able to see. I don't want to stop the loss. I want to go back to being able to drive a car. I want to go back to being able to walk at night, you know? So when you come to me and expect me to be excited about the fact that maybe we can stop it at nine degrees, uh, then I'm, I'm not going to be, you know? And now I have to pretend, you know? Now I have to be all excited about the thing that you're all excited about, and I don't want to be. You know, I want to be snippy, and I want to be mad about it because I am snippy and mad about the whole thing. Uh, so, but you're not, you know, you're not supposed to be, I guess, you know, uh, society tells you that you're not supposed to be. Uh, and this podcast is here to tell you, no, uh, be snippy about it, you know, because you could, it's not, you know, I, the way I've been describing all the other things I've found is that they're all sunshine and roses, you know, and they're all, it's going to be this wonderful thing or whatever. And that's not, you know, the reality of the situation is uh, going blind sucks. That's why I'm, that's why I named it that, because it does. Uh, and that's not to say that I'm going to sit here and wallow in the misery of everything, because I'm not going to do that either. But I'm going to share the struggles that I'm going through. I'm going to share the frustrations of the whole thing. That way, somebody out there knows that I'm not alone and knows that it's okay to feel angry about it. Because that's the only way you can feel, you know? Uh, nobody's going to be happy about it. The, there was this episode of The Daily Show that Michael J. Fox was on. Mm. And he was talking about uh, Parkinson's because uh, he has it. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said was like, well, you know, in some ways I feel lucky that I have it because I've, you know, I've met all these people and I've learned all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he seemed so positive about it. And that depressed the fuck out of me because, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, look at how brave that guy is and all that. Uh, and I was talking to somebody about it later and they're like, yeah, no, that's on TV. You know, that's probably like, uh, and even if he is fine with it, even if he has reached that point, he reached it now. He didn't reach it a month into it. He didn't reach it two months into it. You know, you got to go through some dark places before you accept the situations that you're in. Yes, and that part wasn't on TV. Right. Uh, you know, and you're surrounded by people who don't know how to respond uh, because so few people experience that, you know, no matter what it is, whether it was a person going deaf or a person having cancer or a person losing an arm or whatever. All of those things are incredibly rare. And all of those things people don't know how to relate to you about. And you don't know how to relate to the world about. I don't know how to relate to the world about them. So, you know, everybody's learning. And there's nobody teaching. <laughs> who, you know? Uh, and I'm I'm not teaching. Uh, that is also not what this is about. 
uh, it's like I said, it's just about sharing. And I hope that people will hear this and want to share their stories. I hope that over time I'll get more and more emails from people who are dealing with going blind from RP or macular degeneration or a whole host of other things or that are, you know, having other situations that are, you know, similar or analogous that will come and share their stories about what they went through, you know, and their dark places and their light places and the things that helped them, you know, not want to smash things or the things that they smashed that helped them <laughs> get through it all. Right. Uh, so this is, you know, the first episode of that. Uh, and it's more meant to just sort of tell you guys what all this is about. And in future episodes, I'll share more of my stories. And that's it. So thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Joy, for joining with me. My pleasure. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you in the future.